What's up, everybody, and welcome to Perception 31 with your hosts, Kim O'Neill and Charlotte Allen. Our goal is to hopefully break down cultural perspectives in an effort to magnify God's perspective through his word and through his wisdom. So if you're ready, let's go. People will never understand how much it takes for us to get together. (laughs) Right? Oh, my God. Oh my goodness! I'm like, like you gonna kill me? I'm like, okay. No, no. I said, uh, I've done this so many times to her. I think we're gonna be even. <laughs> okay. Okay. Good. Good. Now I don't feel as bad. No, no. You shouldn't. Oh man. But y'all, I'm excited about our. Um, we've been we've been sitting on this topic for a minute. I'm excited about the topic we're gonna we're gonna talk about, but I know you got a lot more to say about it than I do. Um, so I'm gonna let you tell the good people what we're talking about tonight. Well, one thing I always wanted to know was why do pastors need to go to seminary if they're called by God? So I remember going through this phase and talking to my mom about it and like that just doesn't make sense if they're called by God then why you know if if the Holy Spirit is giving them the ability to teach then why would they need to go to a school to learn and so that always confused me but um I understand now What let's let's just start like this. What do you think about that? Well, I think when I heard you say that there's two things um, before you even unleash or I unleash my opinion about it. Um, I think there was two things that you said that I think are really important for us to consider, especially since our podcast talks about, you know, cultural relevance and then biblical perspective. Uh, you said if a person or a pastor even is called by God. So I want to I want to address that first because for maybe decades now, and especially in the African-American diaspora or even the Baptist sector of religion, you know, you can, you can hear many people say, I was called, I was called, you know, called to ministry, called to pastor, called to preach. I mean, just a week ago, I think I heard a guy tell me that I was like, Oh, what what made you want to be a pastor? He was like, I didn't decide I was called. I was like, Oh, I'm so sorry. I must (laughs) have. must have said something wrong there, but I really wasn't trying to demean his calling. It was just like, that is a heavy calling. And so to say something like that brings a lot of weight. And I don't know if in our culture, especially in these times, if, you know, what people are are so much about Instagram likes and, you know, just being these uh, people on a platform and uh, not just on social media, but just having followers in general, if people realize how heavy that mantle is and how serious it is to say that you've been called. Um, but then the second thing you said is, and if the Holy Spirit, if the Holy Spirit is able to teach us, you know, I was, I was, I've been studying first John um, just little by little. And uh, the other day I ran across the part of um, I think it might have been in chapter two where it talked about, you know, that the Lord has given us his spirit and the spirit is able to teach us everything we need, you know, um, to help us discern right and wrong. And 
And it, it took me back to the fact that I knew we were going to talk about this today is that, yeah, if that's the case, then why, why seminary or what's that, what's that for? So I think both of those things are really important. Those two things that you said. And so for me, I feel like the seminary part, I liken it to anybody's calling. Like, um, I definitely feel like I was called to be an educator. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I did yeah. not go into this field on purpose. Um, but uh, life's events led me in this direction. And so when I was able to confirm that that was happening, that everything else was, I was fighting against what I was naturally uh, gifted and created to do. Then it was like, it only serves the people that I'm going to serve well, if I go and learn more about this thing that I feel like I'm called to do, you know? Um, And so that's really, honestly, you're going to have to carry the brunt of this topic because that's the extent to which I feel that uh, a person who is called to pastor like you're shepherding people's lives. And even as someone, I'm not called a pastor or preach, but I know God has given me a gift of teaching. He's given me a heart for people. And um, and I can easily and have easily messed that up, you know? Um, so it's really important to add truth, to, to learn how to um, uh, rightly divide the word of God. You know, um, the yeah. spirit does give us the ability to learn what the truth is, um, but the same way the spirit gave people like Paul insight to write scripture, you know, God breathed scripture through those people. I think he can give, and he has given people the opportunity to study the history and, you know, just the background of the, of the scriptures and, and bring a lot more things to the surface and to light. So I feel like it just does your people well, if you're going to shepherd people's lives to be able to um, not just read a scripture and preach a good fun sermon that makes people feel good, but to know how to correctly articulate scripture using the whole counsel and, and, and help people. So that's my take, but I have a counterpart. I have a counterpart to that too. So I'm gonna let you go first. Okay. <laughs> I want to hear what you got to say. Okay. So I think for me personally, where, when I was asking this question, mm. I think I had, you know, seeing a lot of different people who call themselves preachers or pastors. Mm-hmm. And I think at that point, I was thinking more of like going to a secular school. I didn't really know too much about seminary, you know, at that point. Mm-hmm. And so I was thinking like going to university or, you know, a college or something like that. And I'm just thinking like, how could someone secular teach you about the Bible, you know, so that was my mm-hmm. standpoint on it. And I kind of felt like if that's the case, then anybody could be taught to be a preacher if or a pastor, if that was the case, without having the actual gift of being a teacher, or a preacher, you know, like, so that kind of threw me off. Mm. And, um, but then now that I you know, have learned a little bit more, I kind of feel like it is necessary because even if you look at Jesus, when he was training and teaching the disciples to become pastors, right? They were our first pastors Hmm. um, because they spread the gospel throughout the land once Jesus had ascended to heaven, you know, and so they were um, preachers. So 
Jesus taught them, you know, he yeah. actually walked with them and taught, taught them through not only his teachings, but also through the way that he lived. Wow. And so they would not have known how to be a pastor or a preacher without seeing the head, wow. you know, the head teach them. And so even if you go to Paul, like Paul had to be taught. He wasn't just like, okay, right. he had the encounter with God. Bam. He knew everything. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, Because even if you look back at Peter, Peter was constantly getting corrected. He even got corrected by Paul who didn't come in until after, you know? So it's like, it's, it's a continual lesson that you're learning, but you do have to have the understanding um, and the wisdom from the Holy Spirit to, like you said, to be able to break down the word and have the, you know, like know exactly what the Bible is saying and not just saying, okay, well, I went to seminary, I have a degree in theology, but I still don't know what it's talking about. Like, no. you know, like you have to, like you said, you're shepherding people. So you're going to have to be able to break this down you're going to have to have the wisdom and the understanding that only God can give because, you know, when I think too, like when I took, I took a couple of classes in seminary, you know, like the Holy spirit basically gives us the ability to understand the word of God, right? Yeah. It illuminates the word of God so that we can understand what God is saying and what we're reading. And without that, if you're just going in, Without the Holy Spirit, like you're not gonna understand. Just so, seminary. Just seminary. <laughs> you, you, yes. <laughs> you just you in there. The <laughs> yes. You really in there just pretty much kinda just playing around with time, you know, like yeah. But you have to have the Holy Spirit so that you can gain that understanding because you can have all the knowledge but mm. have no understanding mm. and then you still lost, you know. So it's like Okay, so yes, I do think that it is important for, you know, someone who is going to be leading a body, the body of Christ, to have the knowledge of how to break down the Bible, understand, they have to have the understanding themselves before they can try to give you an understanding. So mm. I think it's a two part. So it is a gift from God, mm -hmm. right? It mm -hmm. is um, a spiritual gift, right? And so without the the teaching and the education behind it, and when, when I'm saying like education, I don't mean like secular education, you know? So it's, mm -hmm. it's a difference. I think it's a difference between secular education and actually learning the Bible. So I think you have to have those two parts but you also have to have the Holy Spirit. Like, yeah, you cannot just say, okay, I was called to do this because if you do, and that's another thing that I was going to say, it's kind of like a lot of people do say that they were called to mm -hmm. do a lot mm -hmm. of things. And then you see something that's counteracting what they're saying. And then mm -hmm. it's like, mm, you know, like, or you see like a whole bunch of pe people wanting to become pastors because of the platform, mm -hmm. like you said, exactly. and they're just like, oh, well, I'm called 
to be a pastor, but they're really in it for themselves and not the souls that they're tending, you know? And so it can become like a pride thing, you know, or they don't know what they're talking about. So then there we go again with the misquoting of the verses and misleading people through the word of God, because they're not, they don't know how to decipher the word. Right. Yeah, that's, um, I didn't even think of that aspect when you talked about basically how Jesus discipled the disciples. I've always thought about him, uh, his time with them in ministry on earth as discipleship, but that was also seminary for them because he had to, as you know, uh, being the triune God, he had to not just illumine their minds to, you know, through the Holy Spirit, he had to also like teach them how to apply it. Yeah. And, and that, like you use the word wisdom, which that's, you know, that's all wisdom is, is being able to apply God's, um, you know, the knowledge that God gives us is, is that they were able to do that because of their time with him. That, that I did not even think of it that way. Um, and I think that is a very good example because my counter, my counter to how I actually do feel, I truly do feel like, you know, pastors should go to seminary. But then I thought about the fact that there's been times where I've seen pastors who've not gone. Um, and unfortunately it, uh, it was ele- evident. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I don't, I don't mean that in a, in a bad way, but uh, you know, like I've not been to seminary and, and, you know, just being able to, have daily and I don't mean daily like every single day I haven't missed a day but just you know your daily walk with the Lord having devotions the Holy Spirit really has uh, met me in my time and shown me uh, illuminated the scriptures to me shown me things and so um, and, and just like the scripture says so that we can discern when someone is not uh, rightly dividing the scripture right like he gives his holy spirit to us the same way he gives it to pastors so if someone is uh what first john calls an antichrist you know basically just not teaching the, the scriptures or not fully believing uh in christ uh but maybe claiming that they believe in god and let's say they have uh, um erected for themselves a, a sort of a platform to teach from then a lay person who hasn't attended seminary can be in the pews um, who has the Holy Spirit and who you know uh, reads the scripture walks with the Lord um, that the Holy Spirit can show them that the person on the on the podium isn't speaking the right truth you know yeah um, and I feel like that's something that God has graced me with I, I don't boast about that because that's I mean it's it's really just a gift um, or it's something that is graciously given to us as believers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've seen pastors who've, who've sort of been in that light, but then I've seen some who've been pretty gifted with how to articulate scripture and convey it to people. And yet I'm like, when are they going to go to seminary? Cause they, I mean, they would be a, you know, 10 times more powerful if they were, you know, if they were had 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 some type of seminary background, um, like new, you know, pastors. And sometimes I feel like it, it like you said, it would just it would benefit them greatly. And so it's like, where do we give them the grace? Like I know a lot of not a lot, I know about a handful of preachers who are uh big social media wise and don't have a seminary background, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't I don't necessarily listen to them, but I've heard them before I've heard messages. And I'm like, 
they're on point. But mm-hmm. it's all but it's very shallow, you know. I mean very um I don't want to say shallow like it has to be deep, but um just at a very surface level. And and enough to I think, you know, minister effectively to people, but it's like at some point my hope and my prayer is that God would impress on their heart to go to seminary so that you can um, have a deeper understanding of, like I said earlier, the whole council. Some of the some of the people that I listen to that are not pastors, that are just speakers, women speakers, they're in seminary. And man, some of the ways they break down, um, like, uh, what, what was it? Jo- not Job. Um, what's the second to last? <laughs> Jude. <laughs> second to last book of the Bible, Jackie Hill Perry broke down that, that, that book in her devotional. And I'm like, I know, I don't think I would have read Jude the way she broke down Jude in that yeah. devotional that she wrote, but because of her seminary background, not just the, not just the Holy Spirit. And, and so many pastors stay out of Jude. They're like, oh, you know, there ain't nothing in there, man. The yeah, seminary will help teach you how to, yeah, teach you how to unpack even those very difficult scriptures and passages that a lot of preachers don't, you know, or kind of uh, either don't go towards or, you know, if they're choosing, like you said, to pull out one or two uh, scriptures and then misinterpret those, um, seminary can show you that those two scriptures are in a, in a broader, you know, have a, a deeper context around them and what nuggets the Lord actually wants us to take from those. And so um, I just wonder about those young pastors that haven't gone who are gifted and what if they don't, you know, I I know it's possible. It's just, I wonder if God will still extend the grace to them to maintain, you know, a a ministry of integrity and, you know, just the ability to reach souls. Yeah. That's just my wondering. Yeah. I agree with you. Like there have been, you know, pastors who have no seminary training, who really can articulate the Bible and, you know, kind of like help feed your soul. You know, like that's what when I go to go to church or if I'm watching somebody online or wherever, like that's what I look for. Like, Oh yeah, that's what I want. I want somebody who, like you said, like Jackie O'Perry broke down that book. I want something like that, you know, because it's like it just shows. I don't know. It just shows like God to me at a different level than what I'm oh, yeah. just like, you know, basic. Like, well, yeah, like he's intentional about, about every detail when he breathed the scriptures. Yes, that's, and it's like to see. The connection, even from the Bible to stuff that's still happening today, you know, Mm. but to have it broken down in a way where you can really relate to it versus you just reading it. Like, for example, when I went to uh, I used to go to um, Inspire Women. Right. And so there was a lady there and I don't think she was a preacher or I don't I really don't know like she was just standing there waiting like we were leaving and I was waiting for my mom and so she was just standing there and like all of a sudden we'd start talking and she was telling me about Leah in the Bible and she Mm -hmm. like really broke it down to me and it was like oh my god that made Leah one of my favorite women in the Bible because the way that the lady broke it down to me it was something that I could relate to. And I know a lot of women can relate to it. She So 
Leah, when I was younger, I would hear the story of Rachel and Leah, right? They both Mm -hmm. fought for Jacob and Jacob didn't love Leah. Leah was supposed to be ugly or whatever the case is, right? And so, um, one, I read that back in those days in that culture that they described Leah in a way like the Bible says she had weak eyes. So Mm -hmm. eyes was the place of beauty. So they would look at your eyes to say, oh, she's beautiful, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. And so in her in her um, instance, they described it kind of like they weren't sure, of course, but they were like they said the Bible does say she had weak eyes, which kind of they were saying that it means that maybe she had like allergies because they lived in such a dry climate. So her eyes Mm -hmm. were always like red and kind of like leaky or they just were gross, basically. And so that made her unattractive because what men were looking at, it was all, you know, it was all nasty. So they didn't want to have anything to do with her. And so when I thought about that, you know, I thought I've always heard that, you know, she was horrible looking. And so her dad had to kind of like basically sneak her off into marriage or lie to get her married. And, um, then the lady was telling me about how every time, you know, Leah would get pregnant, she would name her child out of her pain. So um, each time, all the way up until, because she wanted Jacob to love her. So she just kept naming it out of out of her pain. I don't yeah. have the names right here with me, but, you know, it was more like, um, kind of like she was having kids, trying to have kids to get his attention, just to get right. him to see her. And it never happened. He didn't never see her like that because he didn't want mm-hmm. her in that way. You know, he mm-hmm. had his heart was for somebody else. But over time, when she got to like Judah, I think it was like her last four sons, mm-hmm. her perspective started to change. And she started to focus more on God than focusing on him. So Mm -hmm. she started naming her last four sons, like things that were like, God sees me and like, you know, just more Mm -hmm. focused towards God. And so when you look at both of the two women, Rachel, she was barren. She couldn't even have kids, you know, for a long time. And then she finally had Benjamin and Joseph. Those were her two kids. But Leah, she had this long line, right? She had all these tribes of of kids, right? And so it's like God was really looking out for her because she was the one that was rejected and she was the one that was feeling horrible about herself and things like that. So the the man that she wanted to love her, he may not have loved her, but God showed so much love to her and even so much that in the end, Jesus came through her line, you know, not Rachel, not the favorite, Mm -hmm. not Joseph, you know, even though people always like to talk about, oh, Joseph, you know, not discrediting Joseph, but Mm -hmm. Jesus didn't come through his line. Jesus Mm -hmm. is the lion of Judah, you know, Mm -hmm. so he all the way, she has purpose to bring Jesus into our world, you know, Like that was her purpose, even though she was rejected by a man, you know? And so I think about that, 
you know, if that lady wouldn't have broken down to me in that way, I would have never seen Leah that way. But then I, it connected with me because it was like, you know, so many of us have been in relationships where this person that we may have wanted didn't really want us the same or, you know, they were had wandering eyes or they their heart was somewhere totally different. Mm -hmm. And so we have as women, a lot of women have been hurt because we putting we put our hope into this person who is not even interested in us. And, you know, we're not focusing on God in the in that we're focusing on this man, you know, when God has a purpose for us all along. And that's what we need to be focusing on, because once she changed her focus, then her purpose was fulfilled, you know. Mm -hmm. And so I would have never learned that if this lady who I don't even know who she was, girl, <laughs> I don't even know like <laughs> her level of theology. I don't know. But mm -hmm. I knew that she was able to break that down to me to where I could relate to that and have a better understanding of God's love for women and God's yeah. love for the rejected, you know? And yeah. so um, I just feel like if there were more pastors who could do that, yeah, we would get a would, lot more out of scripture. Yeah, <laughs> they would reach more people because it's not just like, you know, just something like where they just like, we talk about taking a scripture, just, I can do all things through Christ. Yes. Okay, what does oh, it say before? What does it say after? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or you, or like you said, people who are you know who maybe just attend church uh, casually or um, religiously, um, thinking that you know it's a it's a check on their checklist. Mm -hmm. Like even that, because that's that's still something that God um, ordains. You know, He allows people to be in the right place at the right time. But but imagine if they, you know, sat in front of a, a a pastor who was able to break down that pass that passage of scripture, which I don't think many pastors ever really go to um, the way that that lady did. And people would leave transformed, you know, going to yeah. church just, just for no reason, but then leaving with something much deeper than, like you said, uh, just knowing that one scripture or knowing the same scriptures um, you know, that we quote all the time. So yeah, it would just make it more personal for someone who may be going through that, you know, like just showing how, like you said, how intentional God is and how purposeful he is in his love for us, you know? Yeah. That happened years ago, but it's still something that you could relate to because mm -hmm. there's nothing new under the sun. Everybody has gone through not the same thing, but some things are the same. You know, they're just mm -hmm. different in maybe with the person who's going through it. But I mean, I'm pretty sure there's somebody out there who has been through what I've been through, but maybe they experienced it different, you know? Mm -hmm. Maybe they yeah. took it different. But yeah, I just, I think. Well, I think go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. And I was going to just piggyback off of what you were saying and that, um, you know, it could even be little phrases that, uh, that, that, 
you know, people who spend time in devotion, who read devotionals, go and, you know, go to uh, uh, Bible stores and buy devotionals and things like that. And then, you know, it prompts them to read a path or prompts us to read a passage and then journal about, you know, some note that it leaves. I've, I've seen and watched people who have seminary background, just teachers, you know, pull out little pieces like uh, in the year King Uzziah died. Um, you know, things that we'll, we'll, we will read and skip right over because we're looking for the big nugget, you know, or um, the one about uh, David and Bathsheba when most kings are off to war. Like the whole chapter starts that way, you know, but it's something that we just read over. And I've heard people pull that little, you know, piece of the beginning of a sentence out and give the whole historical background of that. What does it mean when most kings go off to war? Well, then that means David because he was a king, should have went off to war and he didn't. And then tying that yep. to how our time being idle or choosing not to walk in our purpose can lead to, you know, temptation and things like that. I mean, just unraveling that. And I'm like, if I would have read that, I probably would have only gotten out of it that David shouldn't have been out on the balcony watching the girl bathe, you know? Right, I would have got right. an obvious thing. But, uh, but that seminary background oftentimes teaches you about the historical context of the passage what particular words mean in the Old Testament and its background versus the New Testament. One of them is, I know one of them is Hebrew and the other one is something else. Um, I know pastor talks about it all the time, but I'm like, those are the things that bring, really do help illuminate scripture even more is knowing that a particular word, like you said about the Leah story, that the eyes meant beauty and, you know, had all these meanings and how that can be translated into uh, application for our lives like we would have just read past the that whole statement about her eyes and not realizing no God intentionally put that in there for a reason and he you know he wants the people who teach his word to be able to know what that reason is and articulate it so that we can get meaning out of it right and I think that's the weight of the calling for pastors and preachers is to be able to find those uh, to learn and study those things and be able to make the connection yeah, uh, for us. Um, I want to I want to ask you about a couple of other things that uh, kind of tie into some things you were saying earlier. Um, one particular question, and these are going to seem very shallow. I don't think there's probably any definitive, you know, answer in scripture. But if you know, then let me know, because I don't. <laughs> What's your take on uh, like preachers who don't speak from a text, like who just kind of you know, after they get up, they kind of get up and they just speak, uh, don't necessarily, uh, not that the podium is, a, you know, a big deal, but, you know, you'll often see them just kind of walking around on the floor or on the steps or not necessarily behind the podium speaking from a Bible, mm-hmm. but just kind of speaking. But that's Are they using Bible verses? Not, ne- I mean, I think some have, some do and some just kind of speak. Mm. I think that kind of I don't know I think if they don't use the Bible then that kind of takes away from the title of pastor like are you just a speaker Mm. because how could you teach God's people without using God's word now if you memorize Mm. the scripture and you're quoting it from off memory okay that's different because you're still using the word of God but if you're eliminating the word of God, then whose words are you using? 
Are they mm-hmm. yours? You know, like, and I was going to say too, I think that, you know, the huge, a huge responsibility lies on all of us because oh, yeah. we have to be able to like study the word for ourselves. Like, Two, because if we don't, then we will be fooled by the one sentences, you know, and Mm -hmm. not know the actual contextual meaning of what God is really trying to say to us. Because we just go to church and we hear a pastor that we trust, you know, or quote, in quote, trust. Yeah. You know, (laughs) because I've heard it so many times. Well, if my pastor said it, then hey, that's Mm -hmm. what your pastor is God. So. Yeah, You know, like you're not with him 24 seven. So you have no idea what he's doing. So you have to know for yourself, you know, Mm -hmm. because you have to be able to go back and fact check. Like, okay, you know, like that's why God gives us all access to the Bible, not just the pastor, because we all have to check that, you know, and it does come from like laziness, I think. I think it comes from laziness or you're just, you're mm-hmm. just depending on another person, That's a cultural thing, yeah. you know, or like you said, this is like checked off my list. I went to church on Sunday, you know, like that. But I just, I've heard of pastors. I think it was on YouTube. I was watching the video and there was one pastor. Uh, I think his last name was like white or something. I, I don't know. He has dreadlocks um white guy and I don't know like sometimes I can't take everything that I see on videos as bible because you know things can be edited you know unless I was there to see him say that but there was oh, a, okay there was a clip of of him. yeah mm-hmm. it could be it was a clip of him saying that you don't need the bible like you don't need the bible like you you could just talk to God and, you know, God will give you his word. Well, he did give you his word. It's the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, and so he preaches. He, well, when I saw him that in that little clip, he was preaching without the Bible, you know, and it was like, mm-hmm. what? I've never mm-hmm. heard of anybody doing that. Like, I've heard of people mm-hmm. using the Bible and twisting it, you know, but mm-hmm. to not use it at all then what what are you doing are you just a public speaker like yes or a motivational speaker or that's why you have to and that's why I think believers what you said is how believers have to guard themselves one of the ways I think yes we have to guard ourselves I mean uh, uh, um, equip ourselves with the truth but then we also have to guard ourselves from false teachers by sort of scrutinizing not judging but scrutinizing those things like okay you did read the passage but now I got to go home and read that same passage because now you spoke for 45 minutes you or you read a scripture you know maybe a verse and you spoke for 45 minutes and and that was it so let me go and see if the Holy Spirit gives me the same you know uh lesson from from reading this verse Versus, or did you read a verse and take it out of context or you didn't read a passage at all and you just up in your motivational speaking, you know, like you said, we have that same responsibility, but I've seen all of those. And so it makes me as a listener, as a lay person, very, 
I guess, skeptical sometimes when I see someone and it's been like 10, 15 minutes and I'm listening and it's good, but they're not really, they're not really talking about the, the word anymore. They're just kind of giving a lot of back to back opinions, you know, based on the subject and like they like almost like they pick a topic, they pick a verse to go with the topic, but really what they're talking about is the topic. You know what I mean? And I think that's, that can be dangerous to call yourself a pastor and use that type of approach. Like, oh, today we're going to talk about this. And my, my text for today is such and such and such and such. But then you spend the whole time really just talking about the topic and yeah. not really, you know, uh, bringing us back to Jesus. Cause you know, cause that's what the Holy Spirit, that's what the Holy Spirit does. You know, he leads us into all truth, but everything always points back to God <laughs> and, uh, and, and doesn't exclude Christ because, um, that's the separators. People can believe in God, but, or say they believe in God, but not Christ. And then it's like, well, you're not a believer. So I think all of that has to tie in, um, even when they're applying it to our lives. So that, that's, that's one of the questions I always just kind of mull over along with, um, female pastors. You know, I, I have friends with female pastors. I have, um, there's people that I listen to who are female pastors, but I struggle with whether or not that's the design that God had in mind when he gave some to be pastors, you know, as a, as a spiritual gift. What's your take on that? So I was going to say, I am conflicted about that. Now, yeah, what I will too. say is that my own personal thought is that I personally, and I'm not like downing anybody for whatever their personal opinion is or their personal conviction is, but me personally, I don't want to go to a church where the pastor is a female. The lead pastor is a female. <clears throat> my pastor. own, that's my own thing. That's mm -hmm. nothing against anybody else. But I think that from how women can teach yes they what's happening you're low can you hear me i can oh okay it was low for a second okay so i think that women can teach i think that definitely women can teach other women because we did mm -hmm. learn about that um you know in titus the Bible talks mm -hmm. about that. I do think that I do think that women can um, I have a, I have notes that I had uh, taken about that. Uh, mm -hmm. It was talking about the different women in the Bible and their roles, right? And so okay. there was Priscilla. Now this is going to probably throw a wrench in the whole thing because Priscilla and her husband were mm -hmm. preaching the gospel to mm -hmm. I think it was a, a soldier right mm -hmm. and um I think like oh if I I, I don't want to say it wrong but I'm I think that the apostles came and helped her and her husband to kind of understand the gospel more because you know, they really didn't know everything about it, but mm -hmm. they were able to learn more 
and they were able to go back out and teach. So when I think about that, it kind of makes me feel like, well, maybe women can preach because she was basically preaching to another person, which was a male, you know, Mm -hmm. but then, Mm -hmm. then I think about, well, she was doing it alongside her husband, you know, maybe there's a difference there, maybe not a single woman, but you know, there were a lot of women who walked with Jesus and who learned from Jesus and going Mm -hmm. back to like teaching, you know, like Mm -hmm. um, seminary, like if we talk about teaching and learning and Jesus teaching people, when you think about Mary and Martha, Mary, she sat at Jesus' feet while he was talking and she was learning from him, you know, while Mm -hmm. Martha was over here trying to do clean up and whatever, cook or whatever she was doing. But Mary was a student because she was learning from Jesus, you know? So it's like Mm -hmm. in that aspect, if I look at those two women, Priscilla and Mary, then I would say, yes. See, I love the way you point everything back to scripture. (laughs) I love that. I think that's, that's a dope because it it does, it does sort of help you, you know, divide like, opinion from you know uh, the possibility of what God is setting up as a framework for us to follow as believers um and I'm, I'm on track with you I, I I don't I have not looked into scripture regarding that as much as you have um but when I think about pastors like pastoring or shepherding like you said head pastors of a church um I feel like God does speak more directly to men Mm -hmm. for that position, but um, I don't think that he eliminates the possibility that a a man and his wife could, you know, co-lead. The man is still being the head because God has definitely has a structure. Right. You know, if if anything, you can see it from the structure he has set up for the home, for the family. So I believe that same structure is, is for the church. Uh, where Christ is the head and then the pastor is uh, under Christ. And so I think he would not say, well, the man has to be the head in the home, but the woman can be the head at the church. You know, it sounds like he would contradict himself. So I feel like as that co-pastoring, you know, could be possible, but I definitely wholeheartedly agree that, you know, scripture leads to women being teachers and God gifting women as teachers, just as he gifted uh, men for teaching as well. So, but I think too, if we look back, if we talk about God's order and we look at Mm -hmm. Jesus and his um, choice in the disciples, and if we look at the disciples as being pastors, there were no women yeah. pastors. Disciple churches. Right. Yeah, he, so mean, it was like he, Jesus, he who's the head of the church, the pastors yeah. who were the disciples or the, the apostles. And then mm-hmm. you had like the people who were insiders who were also those, there yeah. to yeah. teach, like Priscilla and you know, yeah. Mary and all those other women who followed Jesus mm-hmm. because they still followed him and they still learned mm-hmm. from him and they still you know, went out, you know, so those people were still just as important, but they weren't absolutely in the lead, you know, for sure. Yeah. Well, it looks like we have reached uh, uh, our ending mark here, but I do want you to give some advice to our people 
around uh, like if we have a listener who wants or is, is just trying to study God's word for themselves, um, what advice would you give them? And it's a two part. And what are some of your favorite preachers that you would probably kind of guide them in the direction of going online or listening to a podcast or messages or whatever from? So advice you would give someone who's trying to study God's word for themselves and some suggestions on some of your favorite preachers. Um, advice I would give would be to, um, I would say to study God's word, like always start off with worship, um, you know, welcoming God into your studying and your prayer and then I would say, um, definitely pray, you know, and then I would say, you know, read, maybe do a devotional. If you don't know where to start off reading in the Bible, because that's always the number one question where, where do I start? You yeah. know, so then <laughs> right. that's, that's always, you know, a difficult one. But it's hard. Yeah, it is. it's like mm, in the beginning, like, but I mean, there's so many good places you can start based on yeah. your situation, you know, so I yeah. would say do a devotional on the Bible app, maybe look for something that's pertaining to your situation, that current situation. And then when you're praying, making sure that you're praying about something that is on your heart, you know, and, mm. um, Definitely like journaling when you're reading through your devotional or the scripture, like kind of like writing down the things that stick out to you um, or things that you may feel like God is saying to you. And, um, you know, just listening, you know, taking time to that quiet time to listen and see what God is saying, you know, um, that's, that's what I would say. Worship. Pray, listen. Yeah. <laughs> Worship, pray, read, listen. Yes. Okay. And as far as my favorite uh pastors, I think that would be like really good for like new believers, especially, hmm. or even just believers in general. Okay. I think Robert Morris from Gateway, he's awesome. Oh, like okay. he really breaks it down. Like He's and he doesn't he's not too heavy, you know, with all this. OK, because you said new believers. I'm like, is he going to be able to? OK, no, he's very him. like, you know, the girls love him because he's so like to the point he breaks it down. Oh, she means she means her girls. Her yes, girls. I'm sorry. <laughs> My girls. Not like the ladies. Not like the ladies <laughs> love him. No, no, no. Her own children. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. <laughs> But yeah, go ahead, go ahead. he's very, like, very good. And he breaks everything down so you can understand. He's very funny, you know, so it's like he always has a little joke in there. So he's very easy to listen to. And I actually, okay. those tips that I gave, I actually got those from him, from okay. learning how to hear God's word. He did a series on that. And he always does okay. series and they're really good. And so um, he gives a lot of, tips like you know sometimes you'll hear something like learn how to hear God's word and you're like oh okay this is gonna be good and then you go there and mm -hmm. you leave and you're like 
so how do I hear God's word? I still don't get it. You know? Yes. Oh my God. But he yes. actually does steps. Like he does it on the, has it on the screen, like step one, step two. Okay. So like he's very good with that. For our type A people. Yes. Who need steps. Oh my yeah. God. Yes. That's me. Yes. I need it. That is so me. <laughs> yes. And I would okay. also say, um, Tim Ross. Tim Ross is awesome. He came from Gateway, <clears throat> but he okay. has his own church. They're they're both out of Dallas. Um, mm-hmm. And Tim Ross' church is called Embassy. And so Embassy Church, uh, Tim Ross, I feel like he's very relatable too. He also is kind of you know funny, but he really breaks down the word. So where you can understand it. And he talks about, I feel like he talks about different issues that are a little bit more relatable to, um, not, I wouldn't say current society, but like more, like he'll talk about stuff like depression or, you know, because he went through some of those things or he'll talk about, um, you know, loving your spouse or being single. Like he talks about those kinds of stuff, but uh, Robert Morris does too. But I, I would like, I listen to both of them. They're very good. And um, yeah, I, I would say those are my top two. Okay. Well, I wrote those down because I'm always looking for some, some fresh uh, blood. Now I'm always looking for some <laughs> good teachers out there and it's, it's often hard to find, especially, you know, outside of people who look like you, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, Ben Stewart probably was probably one of the people that caught me off guard. He's a pastor of a, a very diverse church in the DC area. Um, and he was at a, he was at a conference at Dr. Evans church. And I was like, who is this white boy going to get up here? <laughs> you know, and he had me hooked from the moment he started speaking. And I said, let me go find out where he preaches. Uh, so I can visit his church and watch him on the regular. So see, sometimes it's hard to just find people outside of the scope of what, or like, oh, if you grew up Baptist, to find someone who ain't Baptist, you right. know, who's non-denominational or just, um, so I'm glad you dropped those names and I wrote those down. Cause- yeah, really, really has been a blessing to find people like that, where you can really understand what the word is saying, what, you know, what God is translate is saying through the word that's being translated. And it's like, also, um, just being able to feel connected with God's word, like, wow, that makes sense. Or even learning something new, like, yes, my God, God, you are so amazing. Like, right. <laughs> like, I never even thought of that, you know? And so, yeah. yeah. Well, even, even the, you said you had gotten the, uh, how to study God's word steps from him also. And as you were going through them, I'm like, man, that's super similar to, and, and the person that I got it from, um, she went to seminary too, but um, she might have, you know, a lot of these people are linked up. And so yeah. they, you know, she might've gotten some of those things from him, but they almost sounded too similar uh, for me to believe, but she put them in these bullet points and she's, all of them were P's. So it was like, make sure you position yourself to hear from God, which is the same as like you were saying, worship. Uh, so that you can actually open up your heart to hear from him. So she talked about positioning so yourself in a physical place um, so that you can be free of distractions and spiritually through your heart. And then she mm-hmm. talked about pouring over the passage, just making sure that um, 
uh, you don't read like more than two or three verses. If you're, if you're doing a reading through the Bible, yeah. it was like, uh, if you decide to do Romans, you know, when you start in Romans one, make sure you read like three, four verses at a time. Um, but don't try to read like a whole chapter. She said, because typically the nugget is in those few verses, but you want to know the context around the verses as well. So you yeah. don't read just one verse yeah. uh, and pull that out of context. I thought that was pretty meaningful. But then she said, when you're done reading those couple of verses, read them in a lot of different translations, read yeah. them in the message Bible, amplified and the expanded, you know, yeah. she said, because a lot of those dig into, like, if you're not, a, if you, if you don't have the money to go to seminary as a layperson, then um, a lot of those will give you the translated word in Hebrew or in Greek or whatever in their translation. So sometimes you can learn what a word means by reading it in a different translation. And then she says, so then you pull out the principles and you pose questions. She was like, you'll, you'll learn a lot about God's character in just those three or four verses, but then you'll also learn about what he's asking you to do. And you need to ask yourself, is there something that he's asking me to do? Is there a truth that I need to be, you know, like yielded to, uh, and then she says, which I think is a really cool one. She says, plan your obedience. She's like, a lot of times we'll walk away from guys where like, oh, that was a good message. That yeah. was a good sermon. Well, I had a good time, you know, with the Lord, but you don't plan to obey it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you need to spend time, like you were saying that he said, uh, spend time thinking about, uh, what was it that you said? Uh, it was one of his points that you gave um, where you're basically just like quiet before him listening. And she was like, and be use that time to be thinking about in your everyday life, how can you apply the thing that he's asked you to do in that passage? Yeah. Um, and that was the part that was that was do, that was kind of dope for me because I know I'm guilty of I don't necessarily leave church saying, oh, that was good. But I'll leave my quiet time sometimes just thinking, well, I spent time with the Lord today. Yeah. That was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and then go to work. And it's like, did you spend time with him? Because yeah. your attitude stinks. Kim. Yeah. Yeah. So um what I would I would if if for women or women listeners, I would say um one lady that has just gotten me through 2020. I just got onto her at the beginning of 2020 is Jada Jada Edwards. And she co-pastors with her her husband in Dallas, but um he has a staff of people who kind of rotate and preach. And she's one of the people that uh, does, she has seminary background and you'll know it because the way she teaches is so dynamic in that she's able to uh, break down scripture, but not so deep uh, and use the breakdown of the scripture to give you context. But what I love about the context is that it's so relatable to today's culture um, it's almost like she's she's one of us, you know, and sometimes I think pastors, preachers, they can be so far removed from what culture is really experiencing. Mm-hmm. Like they might know about political, they might know about, uh, you know, historical background of 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 our country and, you know, just even even the Baptist church or whatever. But um, she's very familiar with and in touch with how tied our culture is to like social media um and and just so many things um that she's able to to dig right into that and use scripture to penetrate that and that's what I love um as well as her being a wife you know our age um a new mother she got she and her husband got married but they were married for about 
10 years, I think, before they had kids. And so a young mother, but still, you know, um, able to give wisdom to mothers about raising kids and, um, and then just a woman. I mean, pastors are equipped, I think, to, to speak to all aspects of life, but there are certain things that a woman can tell another woman. Like, I think you said it earlier in the podcast, um, uh, that can go just a little bit deeper and kind of encourage women uh, and even single women because she had a season, a very long season of life as a single woman before she got married. So yeah, um, she's great. I still listen to Priscilla Shire. Priscilla Shire is a little bit more of a storyteller, but because she has such a deep background in um, seminary and theological um, or theological background, she's able to blend the two almost very seamlessly. Yeah. Um, sometimes you're listening to a story and you won't even know where she's going. And then she hits you with the, the theology and you're like, oh, snap. <laughs> um, so those are some women preachers. I definitely have a lot of others that I listen to that I, that I admire, but I want to get a jump on those two that you gave me. And then I wanted to give our listeners some, some additional ones, just, you know, a variety of people to choose from as well as how to study the scripture yourself. I think that's the main takeaway from this podcast yeah. is, is uh, know God's word for yourself. Yes, definitely. Well, there you have it, folks. Cultural Conversations with Biblical Perspective. We are your hosts, Charlotte Allen and Kim O'Neill. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget to like and subscribe. Thank you.